0: The following program has been paid for by the Truth and Liberty Coalition. The political views expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this station. Welcome to a special Truth and Liberty broadcast with Andrew Womack. Today, Andrew is joined by several political leaders as they discuss the importance of the upcoming election and why you need to vote your values.
1: Christians need to participate. We can't do this without God.
2: WE ARE HAVING A PITCH BATTLE ABOUT WHETHER AMERICA IS GOING TO REMAIN A FREE NATION OR WHETHER IT'S GOING TO BECOME SOMETHING VERY, VERY DIFFERENT.
3: THIS ELECTION AND WHAT HAPPENS IN THE NEXT SIX MONTHS MAY VERY WELL DETERMINE WHAT HAPPENS WITH THE FUTURE OF THIS COUNTRY.
0: AND NOW,
1: HERE'S ANDREW. TODAY WE ARE HAVING A VERY SPECIAL BROADCAST AND I AM SHARING A PANEL DISCUSSION THAT CAME OUT OF OUR SUMMER FAMILY BIBLE CONFERENCE. Uh, We had General Boykin, Bill Federer, Tony Perkins, E.W. Jackson, Janet Boynes. They joined me, and we have been talking about pro-life issues. We've been talking about uh, communism, Marxism, how it's coming against us. And today, we're going to be talking about the protests that have been happening through our nation after the George Floyd uh, murder. And we're going to be talking about this. What is the biblical reaction to this? It's going to be powerful, and Jerry Boykin is going to be sharing some things with you. This is going to be some powerful information, so please listen and remember, at the end of our program, I've got some very important things to share with you about how this is being sponsored by our Truth and Liberty
2: organization. One quick thing. Since we're in the process of tearing down everything that represents the slave or racist past, we ought to begin with the Democrat Party because it's the party of slavery. And this
1: kind of leads us to our next thing here, talking about the current protests, the violence that's going on, Black Lives Matters situation. Let me just say quickly that, and again, Bill could expand on this in a lot more, but people, I've heard people say that America was racist from the beginning. It was founded this way. And they're missing the fact that nine out of 13 colonies were against it. There were blacks elected to government offices in Boston before the revolution. Back in the 1700s, there were people that gave their lives for it. Uh, uh, Washington and Jefferson actually petitioned the British government, when they were still colonies, to end slavery. It was against the law to end slavery, and they petitioned for it, and they couldn't. And so they freed them on their deathbed. And anyway, the the point I'm making is that there has always been racism. There's always been slavery. There's always been bad, but there's also been good. And for them to lump everything in and tear down the statues of Washington, Jefferson, it
4: is ignorance really to make that connection. I I was just going to point out the the second great awakening is when the abolitionist movement got started, you know, the camp meeting revivals and so forth. And so uh, you had uh, Charles Finney and he's the one who's preaching started, um, uh, 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 Sir George Williams heard his revival lectures and started the YMCA. Uh, William and Catherine Booth heard his revival lectures and started the YM, the uh, Salvation Army, and so Fra- Charles Finney became the president of Oberlin College, and it was a, a stop on the Underground Railroad to help escape slaves get to Canada, and Charles Finney, this re- second re- second Great Awakening revivalist preacher, graduated the first African American woman from college, Mary Jane Patterson, right, and so this it was the Christian revival that began to end, the, and so this gave the impetus to the abolitionist movement.
2: And uh, you got something? Well, I was just gonna say that it's Christians in this country, really, the, when slavery started, there was no racist ideology. Would you agree with that, Bill? I mean, we didn't have it. It, it was developed in order to try to justify the institution, mainly because Christians were objecting and saying, this is ungodly, this is wrong. And they came up with this ideology. Well, no, no, this is is God, this is what God wants. This is trying to justify a system that was unjustifiable, but thank God it was Christians primarily who were standing up against it and America doesn't get credit for that either.
1: Amen. Tony.
3: I just want to address the protest issue for a moment because this is not just random violence on the streets. And Bill can speak to this, and he mentioned it a moment earlier about the French Revolution. You see the cancel culture, where those who stand up to this agenda are being canceled on social media, driven out of business. This past Sunday in D.C., um, the owner of Amazon, Bezos, has a home in D.C., and the mobs came into the neighborhood there and erected a guillotine in his front yard and said the end of him, the end of the police. This is the same spirit that was driving the French Revolution that is alive. In fact, the whole term left and right, leftist, that comes from the French uh, in their parliament. And and we're seeing that same attack on religion. That was one of the first places they uh, headed toward was to eliminate uh, the Catholic Church, eliminate religion. And and we're seeing that targeted again. So don't think this is just an aberration, that this is just something we've got a few upset people out in the streets. There is much more beneath this. It's one of the reasons we need to be praying. We need to be seeing this from not just the political, the cultural, but also the spiritual that's playing out right now. And that's why this is so important, this election. And what happens in the next six months may very well determine what happens with the future of this country
1: general i would really like to hear your perspective on these protests the fact that there is anarchy they're calling to disfund, defund police and go to lawlessness uh you being a military man this goes against
5: everything that the military stands for yeah we'll ask one of them sometime on the street what they're trying to achieve with tearing down all these monuments and all they don't have an answer Bill and I were talking about it earlier. If you go back to 1966, in China there was a thing called the Cultural Revolution. And it was really orchestrated by Mao Zedong. And what he wanted to do was create an environment where he eventually could come in and take over the environment and restore order. And, uh, and, and that's exactly what he did. But look at what they did in 66 and the Cultural Revolution, and look at what they're doing today. And one of the main things they did was they tore down the monuments. They're eliminating their history. You see, in 1958, when the Communist Party USA wrote the the book, The Naked Communist, they told us what they were gonna do to take over this country. Told us exactly what they were gonna do. And we laughed at them in 1958. But if you look at what they've accomplished and what they are doing today, they're almost at the end of the cycle of things they said they were going to do in order to dominate America and turn us to a Marxist, communist nation. And you've seen it before in 1966. You've seen before what you're doing right now. And the reality is many of them that are out there doing this stuff have no idea what they're part of. They're followers. They just got on the bandwagon. And they get whipped up into an emotional state, and then you ask them, why are you taking Francis Scott Key's statue down? They have no answer. They don't even know who Francis Scott Key is. Let me make one last comment on the issue of race. I grew up in a racist environment. I grew up in Eastern North Carolina in a racist environment. And then I came in the army, and the first guy that I lost in the army was a black man. I learned two things. One, that his blood was red just like mine. And two, the enemy didn't care. They did not discriminate. And I think if we could uh, get beyond listening to the rhetoric today that's coming out of the mainstream media, and try and sit down and talk through some of these issues. We're not going to resolve it in one session or maybe even in one year or one decade, but we could resolve it with the help of God. That's where we're coming up short. Is we're not asking the Lord because I've seen Christians, I've seen Christians that are racist on both sides, black and white. But bishop, I'm not interested in washing your feet. But that's what us white people want to do. We want to go wash your feet and apologize to you for racism. And then you look at me and you say, you're just trying to make yourself feel better. That's not really where your heart is. So I think that we need to be a whole lot more prudent in how we approach this thing than just thinking we can go out and do one nice thing for some black person and we've done our part and that's it. No, it's a hard slog. It's a hard slog. And I hope that we eventually get a vision for this. But,
4: how many of you have computers? Wouldn't it be silly for me to say that red computers are better than blue computers? Uh, It really doesn't matter what color the computer is. What matter is what software is running on it? What apps, right? And so the battle, we're spirit, mind and body. Your mind is like a super fancy computer and your body's like the computer case, right? And so the battle is who gets to load the software on the next generation's brains? Is it gonna be God's software? Love your enemies, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Whatever you've done to the least, he's my brethren, you've done unto me. Or is it this selfish kind? So I, I just found that illustration uh, helpful. So let's move
1: on to national defense, foreign policy, and, General, again, I'd like you to kick this off, but where do we stand with these two choices, left versus right? Which is the better way to go?
5: Well, I think what you'll see is I think you'll see that Mr. Trump has spent a substantial amount of his time and energy undoing the abysmal foreign policy uh, things that were done in the last administration. Uh, And I also think that uh, he has been restoring our military that uh, really in many ways was decimated in the last administration. And uh, just just look at the fact that we entered into an agreement we called the Iran deal. That Iran deal put Iran on a sure pathway to a nuclear weapon. And not to mention the fact that we gave them $150 billion to make sure that they could continue to supply Hezbollah With the most modern rockets and and missiles that they could use against israel and now in comes uh, our current president and he bailed out on that and said no this is stupid we're not going to do this but this was john kerry's signature accomplishment in his time as the secretary of state and trump undid it and now and now we're in a much better situation with iran and by the way we've got iran in a situation now where They are much less of a threat to Israel, our strongest ally in that part of the world, than they were before. The second thing is, if you look at the way, I mean, in his first three months in in office, he went over and stood in the Middle East before Arab leaders. I think it was 51 of them and most of them from Muslim countries. And he said to them, drive them out. What was he talking about? He was talking about driving the terrorists out of your country drive them out, drive them out. Do you know that that is used in the Quran? That very term, drive them out, because it's what Muhammad told his followers when they captured the city-states and the southern literals of uh, Europe and the northern literals of Africa, he said, drive them out, drive the infidels out. But here's Donald Trump up there talking to these Arab Muslim leaders, and he's saying, drive them out. He's speaking in their terms. And I asked Jared Kushner, I said, Jared, who wrote that speech for him? And he said, he wrote it himself. I said, no, I mean, who who put the... He said, he wrote it himself. You think he's not inspired And at, at times? He was speaking to them in their own language, their own Quranic verses. And it was only two weeks later that Saudi Arabia and and uh, the UAE went after Qatar and said, you're harboring terrorists. Now, it was kind of the, you know... Kind of a bizarre thing because both of them have had their own bad situations. So, and I could go down the line, chapter and verse about what he's done. He stood before our NATO allies and he said, no more freeloads. And everybody said, oh, he's ruining our relationship with our allies in Europe. Our allies in Europe that have been robbing us blind because they have not been paying what they agreed to pay. They have not been paying what the NATO charter calls for them. To pay. And he said, pay up. And everybody went berserk and said, this guy has no couth whatsoever. But they said, okay, we'll pay up. Huh? <laughs> they said, okay, we'll pay up. Now, I'll, I'll finish on I could go through this forever. Watch this, though. Just be, watch very carefully what happens now that we've already told the Europeans we're going to withdraw 25,000 of our troops out of Germany. Now, let's see what they do. Let's see if Angela Merkel decides that it is to her advantage to keep US troops there, which is a huge boost to their economy. But it's also their main line of defense because they've stopped, their defense spending has languished to the point that Germany couldn't defend Germany today. They need the assets of the United States there if there was any kind of real attack on them. So this guy that that, that we have in office right now, He has done more to reverse the policies of the last really two administrations in some ways. And he is moving us forward to where we as a nation can hold our heads up high and say, we fear no country. We fear no adversary. We will stand against you. And we've got a lot of adversaries that are still out there.
2: Andrew, if I may. Amen. Let let me make a, a point about the difference Uh, foreign policy and defense philosophies between Republicans and Democrats. Because, you know, we've been talking about the Democrat Party having moved towards socialism. Well, the, the theory of socialism is that people are really fundamentally good, and if you just create the right system for them, they'll be perfect. And so capitalism corrupts them, but socialism makes everybody selfless and good, and you just need the right system. Well, if you extrapolate that to foreign policy, their view is, you know, the world is really pretty much a great place and America just kind of messes it up. We get in the way. We, we intrude. Our imperialism is the problem. So if we just back off, if we don't spend so much money on defense and we just focus on domestic issues, I mean, any military person, regardless of who they vote for, will tell you, we know we do better when Republicans are in office because Democrats are always taking money away from the military and spending it on domestic programs because their fundamental view is, the world is okay, everybody's okay, and if America behaves itself, we, there's really not much of a problem out there other than us. I mean, they see us as the problem in the world, not as the solution to many of the world's problems. So if you want a, a, a country that is capable of defending itself in the event that one of these evil totalitarian leaders like uh, uh, Xi Jinping decides now's the moment to strike. Now's the moment to do something. My God, we can't turn it over to these folks because they I don't think they love the, and care enough about the country to care about our self-defense. But But even if they do care about the country, their view of life is so perverted that they would see us weak and ineffectual and incapable of defending ourselves. And this president, I guarantee you this, you can disagree about any of the nuances and particular points, but this president will make sure that the United States of America is capable of defending itself.
3: Uh, Andrew, on the foreign policy front, I I just wanna make, one comment on foreign policy, the number one foreign policy goal of this administration articulated by the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, who, by the way, Mike Pompeo is the first pro-life Secretary of State we've had since Roe v. Wade. Wow. Considering that the State Department under Hillary Clinton was their top priorities was promoting and forcing other countries to adopt abortion and the whole lgbtq agenda that was their top priority in foreign policy under this administration it's religious freedom this administration is literally taking the message of religious freedom as a fundamental human right around the world i've had the privilege for the last two years to serve on the u.s commission on international religious freedom i've served as a chairman of that bipartisan commission in fact because of the president putting pressure on turkey How many remember Andrew Brunson, Pastor Andrew Brunson? I was at his final hearing and at the request of the administration when he was miraculously released because of the pressure of this administration. I accompanied him home a little over two years ago. This administration has made this a number one priority. Now, what does this mean to us as believers? Well, it means that When missionaries now go to foreign countries from this country to take the gospel of Jesus Christ, they're not gonna be left behind if something happens. We actually have seen several missionaries who are detained, being held unjustly, this administration oftentimes very quietly going to bat for them. While our government can't take the gospel, it is opening the door for men, women, and children around the world to hear the gospel if the church will go and take the message. This is a tremendous opportunity under the policies of this administration for every human being to have the freedom of religion, the ability to choose. We can't force anyone to choose. We can't force anyone to be a Christian, but we can certainly work to ensure that they have the freedom to make that choice, and that's what this administration is doing. And there is a long list on religious freedom issues, and and Andrew, if I can, um, we're not going to have time to cover everything tonight because I see our time is almost expired. But I, I want to implore you to talk about the policy accomplishments of this administration and the goals that you see in the party platforms. I put together, my team has put together about a seven-page document and it keeps expanding. It's the accomplishments of this administration. It's, it's, it's no commentary. It's simply the date and the accomplishment of what they did from a policy standpoint. And this you can share with your friends, those who, you know, I don't like his personality. I don't like his tweets. What about these policies? Put the policies in front of them and ask them, do you want more of this or do you want what Joe Biden has to offer? I will send this to you. If you uh, text me, I'll send you a PDF link to that and you can share it on social media, share it with your friends, your family, have conversations. And, and again, check back frequently because it's being updated. We just put some new stuff on it this past week because this administration is, they're not backing up. They're, they're continuing to push forward uh, with the, the, the values, the policies that uh, we care so deeply about.
1: Very good. And you know, we've got to separate personality from policy. We aren't electing a person to necessarily just uh, please everybody. But if you look at the policies of Trump, Uh, we've got to go with that. There has never been a more pro-life administration in my life than the current administration. Absolutely. Praise God. These things that we shared on the program today were powerful, and this is the reason that I am sponsoring this, not through Andrew Womack Ministries, but we are actually, uh, Truth and Liberty, which is a 501c4 organization that I started, is sponsoring these programs. AND uh, THIS WEEK'S PROGRAMS, THE ACTUAL AIRTIME AND THE PRODUCTION COST AMOUNTS TO ABOUT $350,000. AND I JUST DON'T HAVE THE MONEY IN TRUTH AND LIBERTY. AND I CAN'T TAKE MONEY FROM ANDREW WOMACK MINISTRIES AND JUST FUND ALL OF THE TRUTH AND LIBERTY FUNCTIONS. WE NEED PEOPLE TO SUPPORT US. IF WHAT YOU'VE HEARD TODAY, IF YOU SEE THAT THERE'S BENEFIT IN GETTING THESE TRUTHS OUT AND SPEAKING OUT ON THESE THINGS, I ASK YOU TO PLEASE HELP US AND PAY FOR THIS. AND ONE OF THE WAYS YOU CAN DO THAT IS TO GO TO OUR truthandliberty.net WEBSITE, SLASH DONATE, AND JUST JOIN UP AS A MEMBER. THAT'S AN AUTOMATIC WITHDRAWAL OF $5 OR MORE PER MONTH, AND THAT WILL MAKE YOU A MEMBER, AND IT GIVES YOU MANY BENEFITS. WE'VE GOT A WEEKLY BROADCAST EVERY MONDAY NIGHT AT 6 P.M. MOUNTAIN TIME, AND THERE'S JUST MANY THINGS. BUT LISTEN TO OUR ANNOUNCER. HE'LL GIVE YOU THE INFORMATION AND JOIN WITH US TODAY.
0: Thank you for joining us for this special broadcast brought to you by the Truth and Liberty Coalition. Praise God, wasn't that powerful? I tell you the truth
1: is what sets people free and there's a lot of lies and deception and and fake news out there today and I think we set some things straight. You need to get this panel discussion. We call it America on the Brink panel discussion and this is a DVD THAT HAS THE ENTIRE TWO-PLUS HOURS' WORTH OF DISCUSSION. PLUS, WE'RE THROWING IN OUR IN GOD WE TRUST MUSICAL. I TELL YOU, THIS IS POWERFUL. IF ANY OF YOU HAVE EVER SEEN ANY OF THE MUSICALS THAT THE Murans, THE PEOPLE WHO WORK AND RUN OUR CREATIVE ARTS DEPARTMENT uh, HAVE PRODUCED, IF YOU'VE EVER SEEN THEM, THIS IS IN THAT SAME uh, MODE. IT IS FIRST CLASS. IT'S POWERFUL. THIS IS PATRIOTIC. I MEAN, WE HAD PEOPLE CRYING AND STANDING UP AND CHEERING IT'S AWESOME. BOTH OF THESE THINGS ARE YOURS WHEN YOU BECOME A MEMBER OF OUR TRUTH AND LIBERTY COALITION. YOU CAN GO TO OUR WEBSITE. THE information's ON THE SCREEN. AND IF YOU BECOME A MEMBER FOR FIVE DOLLARS OR MORE PER MONTH, THEN YOU GET BOTH OF THESE, AND I PROMISE YOU THEY'D BE A BLESSING. AND PLUS, NOT ONLY WOULD IT BLESS YOU, IT WOULD EQUIP YOU SO THAT YOU COULD SHARE THESE TRUTHS WITH OTHER PEOPLE AND MAKE A DIFFERENCE. SO LISTEN TO OUR ANNOUNCERS THEY GIVE YOU MORE INFORMATION.
0: The panel discussion on today's program is only a portion of Andrew's entire interview titled, America on the Brink, with Tony Perkins, E.W. Jackson, General Jerry Boykin, Bill Federer, and Janet Boynes. You can get the entire panel discussion on DVD as our free gift to you when you join with Truth and Liberty by becoming a member today. Also included with your membership, you'll receive the brand new theatrical DVD titled, in god we trust this patriotic dvd features reenactments of significant american historical events along with inspiring musical numbers you can become a member of truth and liberty coalition and get both of these valuable resources by going to truthandliberty.net while there you'll discover other valuable resources including voter guides candidate information party platforms and much more Truth and Liberty Coalition is a nonprofit 501c4. Donations are not tax deductible, but are essential in helping us fulfill our mission of positive change in our nation. Visit truthandliberty.net today to become a member or call our helpline at 719 635 1111 and stand with Andrew in promoting godliness in our nation.
1: HELLO, I'M HERE WITH RICHARD HARRIS, WHO IS THE CHIEF COUNSEL FOR OUR TRUTH AND LIBERTY. THIS IS A 501C4, A POLITICAL ARM OF ANDREW WOMACK MINISTRY WHERE WE'RE GETTING INVOLVED AND CHANGING OUR CULTURE. AND WE JUST WANTED TO TAKE THIS OPPORTUNITY TO ENCOURAGE YOU TO GET OUT AND VOTE. IT'S NOT JUST A PRIVILEGE, IT'S A RESPONSIBILITY. And our Truth and Liberty website has a lot of information there that could really help them.
5: Amen. So go to
1: our website, truthandliberty.net, and under the Resources tab, you'll find Voting Resources. And there you can register to vote, find voter guides. You can find out who your representatives are and lots of other helpful information. And how they voted and stuff so you don't have to listen to their rhetoric. You can judge them based on what they've done. That's right. But most importantly of all, take your responsibility to get out and vote in the primaries, in the general election, so, check it out, truthandliberty.net, and get out and vote. I'd like to encourage all of you who claim to really have a relationship with the Lord to get out and vote in these upcoming elections. I'm amazed that there were over 25 million Christians registered to vote who did not vote in the last election cycle. I tell you, that's sin. That's wrong. We have not only the privilege, but a responsibility to vote. So I'd just like to encourage you to take your Christian responsibility to vote seriously. Get out and vote for righteousness this election.